I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And I'm Mike. And we are the Heroes 3. Plus one. Plus one. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bio-key podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. And this week we're taking a little break from our normal Kung Fu Hong Kong action cinema idiom that we normally do. (laughs) And this week we're taking a look at another anime, another animated film, and this one comes from Japan. And that is, of course, the 1986 film Fist of the North Star, or Mike, say Hokuto no Ken, your Japanese voice. (laughs) Oh, God! We have a special guest <laughs> yeah, I know. this week. See, I and that is I Mike. Yay. I was saying earlier that I thought I wouldn't be able to do an Akira Kami impression, then I guess I can. So here we are. The ulterior <laughs> motive has been revealed for this episode. <laughs> yeah, so at the end of last episode, honestly, we were kind of like, oh, what are we going to do next? And Matthew... Yeah, I cut out a good 10 minutes of us <laughs> being like, ah, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have anything. <laughs> Matthew looked up to the stars and he saw the starry sky <laughs> and it sent down a signal to him and he said, oh, let's do Fist of the North Star. And my head exploded. So <laughs> here we are right now. Oh, I, I didn't get the head exploded version. I, I got a more of a censored version of what happened. To yeah. yeah, you got the, the white silhouetted version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and actually this is, uh, this should be coming out right around my birthday. So Oh, happy birthday you, to Carlos. Yeah, whether you meant it or Woo-hoo. not, this is kind of like a birthday present to me. <laughs> Way to make so, it about yourself, Carlos. <laughs> Way to make it about yourself. So, okay, but listen, Mike, if if you weren't on this podcast, it would really be about me because I think <laughs> between yeah. me, these guys... No, he's, he's not wrong. It would be the Street Fighter episode. <laughs> yeah. Really, so I'm just really the, like a deterrent. I'm the means to an end. You're the only one that can surpass me when it comes to this mm. mic. Okay. <laughs> what weapon? Yeah, you're the, you're the South gear. Star, I guess. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man, I have a story about that too. Oh, oh I'm gonna derail yes. us for the first time. So, for once, it wasn't me. <laughs> no, there are no rails. Yeah. It is related yeah. to this. So I had purchased an action figure for Mike. And it was based on one of the characters from this. Yes, and I we, know the story. Oh, my God. Yeah. When I came over to his house to give it to him, I said, hold on, hold on. We have to do this. So we reenacted a scene from this film. Um, <laughs> and when, when we get to that point, I'll tell you what happened. Like, All right. Is does, that it, does that video exist anywhere? Like, no, it doesn't. We did no, not record but, it. <laughs> but it's true. It is true. It is 100% true. I still have it. It's on my bookshelf. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Yeah, this is this is specifically the 1986 animated film Fist of the North Star. There's a couple of animated films, and of course, it is based on the manga of the same name from uh, what 84, 82, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's 80, a, little, yeah. a little bit earlier. 83 82? or something? Uh, oh, 82. 82. Okay, yeah, somewhere 82. in the crazy times. <laughs> yeah, and of course, it was adapted into an anime uh, in 86 or 86. What am I saying? In 84. And this film is directed by the same person that helped kind of produce and direct the anime. Is that right? 
Yeah, Toyo Ashida. He uh, directed mm. this. And um, actually, I think the year before, he did Vampire Hunter D, which is another kind of notable film uh, from around this time. That um, makes so much sense. Yeah, we're right in, like, you know, the Japanese economic bubble where we're blessed with all these really cool animated films. I think, yeah, 86 is also Transformers the movie. Uh, what, 88 is Akira? And, yeah. Uh, yeah, just so many. 85 is Macross, do you remember Love, I believe? I thought oh, that was 80. Classic. Four? Yeah. Well, that? It's around there, so... Um, yeah. Mid-80s still. Nasca would have come out around that time, too. And Yeah. Oh, yeah. This aesthetic and, yeah, this era of anime is, like, what I live for. It's... Uh, it's oh, yeah. It has such a distinct look, this, this 80s style. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking this, too, whenever I first watched it was, uh, this looks like a well a bunch better animated version of gi joe was the first thing i thought of and <laughs> oh, it that. turns out but but that's the thing they're both toy animation yeah so yeah. a lot of like the oh, the way that it looks and like the colors and like the the way that people's eyes look like the size of their eyes compared to their heads I think was is is you know similar. Obviously, one's uh-huh. a lot better animated than the other. But and then at one point, the voice actor from Star Scream yells, "Cobra, Richard, Richard." <laughs> All this stuff is yeah a lot more related than many people know. And mm-hmm. I think nowadays it's more common that people know that a lot of their favorite '80s cartoons were animated by a lot of the same Japanese studios mm-hmm. that did a lot of these you know seminal films. And yeah, it's either oh, toy- and also Jim. Jim is in Jim and holograms. Yeah, Same. yeah. I mean, there were a lot of those like really great like co-productions. I mean, you know, um, shout out to Mighty Orbots for kind of uh, mm-hmm. helming the way on that one, even though they were shut down by Tonka. Sure, there's <laughs> yeah. Tokyo Movie Shinsha is an animation studio that did a lot of work in America. Um, Toy Animation also being one of these studios. So yeah, chances are if you dig enough, uh, you're gonna find something from your childhood if you're around our age that was actually yeah. basically an anime that <laughs> yeah which if, is not my age it's a, it's a little yeah. bit before it's a little bit before whenever oh. i was a kid yeah uh, sorry a, sorry to be kid. the young guy again but, but it's timeless but yeah. for once it's well that's me. the thing it's uh i grew up watching a lot of this stuff still through like through my brothers my brothers were super into gi joe and uh ninja turtles and stuff so i ended up watching some of it because of them and kind of really loving that style you know yeah and and going into the 90s that's like you'd start to see some stuff show up on like tv like i i remember as a kid watching like the sci-fi channel on saturdays and they would show like a anime feature every like saturday morning or something like that i think that's when i first watched robot carnival which is like a compilation film that i love a lot actually yeah that i think robot carnival is like 87 yeah it would have been right um, around there yeah yeah a lot of this similar style a lot of the similar like music and attitude fist of north star like we mentioned in other like i think in the street we were talking about seinen anime and this is kind of like at the (laughs) The top of the pyramid yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, where i mean even in japan when this film was released in theaters there were issues with how violent it was where um but it was a sales point at that point if you watch the original trailer <laughs> there's like actual like they're about to show like the explosion and then suddenly it cuts to like a word balloon or something and it's as if yeah. to be like to see how gory it is you have to yeah. show up and then i'm yeah. like yeah and you kind of do because it's 
it's nuts how From violent it gets. What you yeah. can make out, anyways. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so the so the movie itself, if you watch it, you can find the dubbed version, which we'll get into that later. But the dubbed <laughs> version is on Amazon Prime. And if you watch it, you'll notice that whenever something particularly horrible happens, like people's intestines getting blown out, their brains falling out of their head as their heads explode, you know, the, the reason you come to watch Fist of the North Star, <laughs> you, it looks kind of like that's on a VHS as opposed to the rest of it, which is in, you know, glorious, beautiful HD. Yeah, not just a VHS, but it looks like somebody has like their camcorder pointed at the TV <laughs> so, yeah, at like a slight angle. It. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that was um, a censorship measure. And um it kind of works and it kind of doesn't. Like there's still some very messed up things that do happen throughout. Uh-huh. That are still kind of like, you know, that that um elude the um the sensor spectrovision as we'll call it. Um yeah. That's a good way to say it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, yeah it's it, it'd be interesting to kind of understand the methodology but be- behind like what is too gory and what was permissible because um yeah i I don't know you could make a case for for different shots um getting the vhs treatment but yeah and it's Mm -hmm. not consistent you know certain shots you do see some stuff that's like whoa and certain shots it's like well they obviously edited this i mean one of the first shots of the movie um during like the opening narration after you're seeing like space <laughs> and some stars it's, it's like, like literally the first this shot. person yeah like exploding from radiation and it's like it's just horrible i've got to say like i, I knew uh, like of fist of the north star i'm definitely the total noob when it comes to this um but and and so i was preparing for violence but i guess yeah, I was not um, <laughs> not fully prepared. And something happened, and I don't know exactly what moment it was, where the violence just became, like, so disgusting for me that it was, like, I yeah, almost having, like, this, like, vomit reflex. No way. Uh, wow. A lot of the movie, yeah, where it was, Whoa. like, oh, wow, like, okay, yeah. Um, we traumatized you with this film. <laughs> no, it's it's good. Um, I'll, it's yeah, a good I'll, I'll never. I'll never be the same. It's a good um, trauma. Yeah, that, that totally exists. Oh, man. That will not hold up in court. <laughs> uh, You've ruined yeah. a person. Great job, Heroes 3. <laughs> Actually, right around this time, um, when it comes to video games, the latest Mortal Kombat is coming out. And I would say that it's very similar to this thing where um, Fist of the North Star is, like we were saying, it's super violent. But it's also kind of like Looney Tunes and how the violence. <laughs> yeah, it's like happens. a particular kind of like gross vi- or it's like yeah, the yeah the way you're like interacting with flesh is just mm-hmm. like why are you? Do- that's so yeah. D- funny you should say that because yeah. a fun bit of trivia. Um, okay, so the main thing is that there's the Fist of the North Star manga, then there was the anime, and the thing is that. Um, well, unfortunately, you know, America, we didn't get a whole lot of the good stuff. You know, that went to like Europe and, and you know, in South America. Um, Fist of the North Star was broadcast on television in France. However, um, because, you know, the violence was so crazy in order to get it past censors, they had to kind of dub it as if it was a comedy. Oh, that's right. So oh, it's wow. the, the oh. dub is super over the top. It also is the best theme song ever, which I hope to God in post you add it right here. Mm. <laughs> Vivant de l'enfer 
Either way, yeah, it's just so insane. And uh, yeah, like, I think this movie kind of drives that home. Uh, but I, it's so funny because it's just like the, the manga and the anime are very much tamer than what we get in this yeah, movie. Yeah, because seeing stuff in motion is way different than seeing, like seeing a person's head explode and there's a big shot of blood out and on a page that's in black and white yeah, is a lot I mean, different than seeing it in motion and, you know, like going full on one's 24 frames a second. It's like watching like, was it like Nightmare on Elm Street versus watching Hellraiser? You know, it's it's like yeah. total whiplash. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Mm. But the but yeah, and the the anime itself is also even in Japan, the anime is like all of the explosion stuff happened in like these kind of silhouettes mm-hmm. that are like these like white silhouettes. And and it's still like it, it it's still disturbing in a different way. It's just not quite as graphic. Right. But it's still like, you know, you're still seeing the person's head explode. It's just you don't see it explode, you know? Right. Yeah. You are I think for me it was exploding. more of the things that like defy any kind of like biology or physics. Oh, it was like yeah. like the oh, exaggeration yeah. of of like explosions and blood and stuff. It was like I, I'm totally on board for that. But there's just like a weird manipulation of like flesh and mm. organs and stuff that I, mm. I can't explain. Even thinking about it now, I'm just like, oh, yeah, no, there's so some gross. pure body horror in this movie, like straight up mm. body horror. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if we want to go into that just yet, but um, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into yeah, it. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll but get there. The thing that I wanted to really push is that, and one of the things that I really think makes me love Fist of the North Star so much is that it's it's like so serious and so melodramatic but at the same time it's so absurd and so goofy Mm -hmm. in what happens yeah totally so you're like just watching kenshiro walk through this world and he's basically like this wall of death that anybody (laughs) that encounters him is gonna die you know that they're gonna he calls himself the god of death a lot in the manga it's sort of like you know you watch like dragon ball z and it's like when will goku get there it's basically how fast will kenshiro kill this dude yeah Mm -hmm. and not only that but he's armed with this mythical martial arts style that has a million different techniques and you're like what's he gonna do and what's gonna happen to this guy and what's it gonna look like yeah so it's 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 funny it almost reminds me like it's Obviously, this is anime is kind of a parody of kind of animes like this, but it's almost like One Punch Man, where like oh, you know, yeah, he, yeah, when he sure. goes up against someone, it's like, oh, he's just going to instantly destroy them. But that's the whole point of One Punch Man. And this mm-hmm. one, it's like, oh, he's going to destroy this person in like two moves, no matter what. And this is dead serious. Yeah, the thing that I think sets for me Fist of the North Star above stuff like One Punch Man is because. It's just taking itself so... It's like um, the Naked Gun. You know, like Leslie Nielsen <laughs> yeah, yeah. in the Naked Gun is just playing things so straight oh, yeah. that it makes it that much more funny. And Kenshiro mm-hmm. is just like so serious and has this like hard line sense of morality where it's like anybody that does anything wrong and they're in his way, are they're going to die. And he's the good guy, but at the same time, you're like, dang... Yeah. Dang, dude, like, relax a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. And then you find out later that, oh, hey, guess what? All that angst he's been building up the entire series, it was his true superpower all along <laughs> via nice. the Musou Tensei. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, so, uh, oh yeah, the gosh. secret to the ultimate technique in Fist of the North Star is sorrow. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Yeah. And then that's the true. upside is you get a really awesome image song, like, you know, playing behind you as you do mm-hmm. it. And then, like, often probably sung by yourself is Akami <laughs> a sync. 
when the Musou Tensei first showed up in the anime, like all of a sudden, like without going too much into spoilers, there are several characters who who passed away throughout who like they appear as ghosts behind him and he starts yeah. doing the stance and they're doing it like with him. And it's really as, cool. It's this great moment and like the sad ballad is playing behind him and it's like Kenshiro singing about Iria and <laughs> I, I you know and again in post you'll play it here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mike. <laughs> We'll just give it to Mike. Matthew, let Mike edit this podcast. God, don't, don't do that. Be my guest. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah, it, it's cool. It's cool. Since you mentioned the music, we should talk about the music a little bit. We have to. Um, so right. the music. The music's amazing. Is, yeah, it's, it, I think it fits Fist on North Star more than the TV show music does. Yeah, it has that's that. fair. I yeah. love the anime music. Oh yeah, I it's too. so yeah. corny. I, I'm saying, gosh, I love it. But yeah, no, this you're from continue. Yeah, from love. Like I love that music, but I also feel like this kind of captures mm-hmm. Fist of the North Stars like ethos more. So, um, the composer of the film, his name is Katsuhisa Katsuhisa Hatori, and um, there are two songs that are performed by Kodomo Band, and those songs are great. So, um, mm. um they're the thing I like about these two songs is like they're you almost like with Heart of Madness you th- you think of Kenshiro just walking like it starts with this beat dun 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 mm-hmm. and you just think of this desolation and Kenshiro yeah. and this like a post apocalyptic landscape I think it works so well and it's very like eighties at the same time you know it like sounds really cool and then um the ballad at the end Purple Eyes is oh, also yeah, kind yeah. of this like really nice like ballad and it has that weight of that sadness that you get from just everything in fist of the north star so we should like, say in the english dub they actually pulled the vocal out and yeah oh, which sure. which is yeah. weird because earlier in the film we have the what heart of madness or something like that mm-hmm. and that they play which is Kind of partially in English, partially not. But it's just weird that that one they would keep. Well, you have yeah. to keep that in, though. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. you'd be crazy not to. But, like, I, a lot of that, a lot of uh, dubs at the time did tend to pull vocals out, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like, I, th- I thought that was, like, standard practice. Mm-hmm. So this is, like, an early 90s English release. And actually, yeah. it was released by Streamline Pictures. Mm-hmm. And God uh, rest their merry soul. Yeah. <laughs> and it was actually produced by Carl Masick, who's this infamous um figure in the anime world he's the guy that brought out um robotech in america and he started harmony gold and that's like an ongoing like rights thing right yeah with macross and robotech yeah the short version is that streamline pictures uh one of the first real studios for that front um for all the stuff that like you know people will throw at carl masak like in terms of stiff dubbing and then like robotech the the philosophy that there has to be dialogue everywhere every second mm-hmm. and every time Ugh. which right. we apparently found out later um that was not specifically him that was something that um people thought back then in you know around that time period that kids would not pay attention unless there was dialogue at mm. every possible moment which is why you have your favorite kid shows that will not shut the hell up <laughs> um but the thing is, like, Streamline did a lot of good. I mean, they did Vampire Hunter D. They did mm-hmm. uh, Loop in the Third. Carnival. Yeah, Robot Carnival, yeah. Uh, Akira, uh, Loop on the mm-hmm. Third, Mystery Amamo, and a couple other stuff there. Um, they were responsible for a lot of stuff back then. And the, the Harmony Gold thing is just a hot mess where they kind of just sat on the rights to uh, Super Dimension Fortress Macross 
and just stayed there, even though they technically didn't have legal ownership. But just remember, folks, that um, March 14th, 2021 is when Harmony <laughs> Gold fucked <laughs> off and they really? lose the rights to Macross. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do this right now. Okay, Siri, how many days until March 14th, <laughs> no. 2021? 690 days until Harmony Gold fucks off. So 680 days until we get until we get a uh, a proper super mission fortress Macross release. And that's uh, interesting that you say that because in the dub, which I I don't hate the dub for this. I was expecting to hate it, and I don't hate it. It's definitely streamline does good work. I mean, they 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 do quality work, and this was like a really solid dub. It's a lot of the people from Robotech do voices in this. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of funny looking at like I didn't recognize most of the voices in it, uh, except for one very that we'll talk to about in a minute. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, a lot of the the voices and I didn't recognize. And I was looking through the credits and like, oh, all of these people did voices in Robotech. Yeah, <laughs> I think for me the dub it's fine, but I think that they don't get what i thought was fun about fist of north oh, like yeah. they think it's like serious and like mm-hmm. you know where the japanese right, right. like voice actors you can tell that like when a guy dies in the japanese when they say like goofy stuff and it's like a joke mm-hmm. and yeah. you know in the american one you know they're like you know screaming for their lives yeah. yeah it's almost like it it makes everything like even more morose than mm-hmm. it needs to be sometimes. Um, and also, right. like you're listening, uh, saying before, um, mm-hmm. Akira Kamiya, the voice actor for Kinshiro, he has such a unique voice that you can't really do in English. Mm. Like yeah. it, it's, it's one of those voices. Few people have it, tried, like, and like I think only two people have ever nailed it. Like the guy <laughs> playing him in the most recent Fist of the North Star game, the Lost Paradise, like. Nailed it. Perfectly. If you don't want to die, walk away. I think before that, there was like somebody from, I think it was the New Fist of the North Star or whatever, um, came pretty damn close. But yeah, the thing is, is you have to essentially sound like you are having the worst day ever, and yet you are still having to show up in a suit and tie at 7 o'clock in the morning and just put up with everyone's bullshit. <laughs> that's now re- now really did, the best um, distraction again total noob but did um akira kamiya did he go on to voice kinshiro through the the animes as well well what yeah he, yeah because yeah, this was a carryover okay. so pretty much mm. everyone from the movie was in the fist of the north star tv series wow wow so yeah and that was like 100 and god how many episodes was that like 190 a something lot. yeah yeah and yeah fun fact uh akira kami unfortunately uh, when it comes to those screaming roles dude can't do them anymore um mm. after years of damage so oh no yeah that's that's yeah. why he retired and also fun yeah. fact apparently i found out that uh tomokazu still Seiki with us does... though 72 years old yeah like tomokazu seiki uh another well-known voice actor apparently is a chain smoker and also that's why he doesn't do a lot of like hot like hot-blooded roles anymore oh man which is a damn shame because like i was hoping he'd show up back for like all of super robot wars t which is out right now mm. on ps4 <laughs> nintendo switch all right, all right all right all right oh, whoa, anyway. whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> i mean we we are talking about akira kamiya but we should also also mention uh ray's voice actor in the japanese version yeah. kaneto shiozawa god rest is... okay he's a guy yeah. who like i would like pay middleman fees just to buy like a tape of him reading the phone book 
<laughs> like, <laughs> that is yeah. how much I love his voice. Yeah, he's really cool. Um, he's like this very smooth, like haunting quality to him, and he is like one of the best voice actors, um, like of this time period. And if you have him in something, you're like, oh shit, I need to pay attention to him. Yeah, he's really cool. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And Ray is like one of his most iconic roles. And never mind that Ray is also my one of my favorite characters, one of my top. He's three. <laughs> yeah, he's great. He's so cool. Um. Let's see, what else can we mention before we jump into this thing? Yeah. So um, now, like, um, I think uh, it's everything, isn't it? it from well, if I understand it correctly, like the movie is basically taking a lot of the elements from the manga, but kind of yeah. like reinterpreting them into their yeah. own. It takes a lot of the story. major beats. So like, gotcha. yeah. So like, I mean, it it encompasses like, I want to say it gets to like the good midway point, but by that point, I don't think the manga had really. Oh no, well, Hokuto no Ken two had started by that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, it would have covered to the end of that, but it, it still doesn't have, like, a finite resolution, and a lot of the crazy shit doesn't really happen, mm. which is a damn shame, because I still want to see, like, a fully rendered, like, Jews of the Cloud battle again, but, you know, we'll never get that. Um, yeah, they don't, yeah, they skip over major stuff, like, I mean, just for the sake of time. I think around this era, actually still, uh, every once in a while you'll see, um... They're basically compilation films based on anime. So the Gundam films, original Gundam are like this, where they take, you know, the long story and kind of squish it down as much mm. as they can. It's like Even new animation a- and stuff like that. Yeah. Even Akira, uh, you know, Akira is based off of the manga, and oh, yeah. it honestly only really captures oh, yeah, a lot of very the... compressed compared yeah. to the like the first, first like three mm-hmm. volumes or something like that. It's not even that. I think it's like most of the first volume and yeah just it was a very it's a common um, thing it's a very common thing that happened in japan and it still happens every once in a while like with evangelion there's the rebuild films which are kind of like that actually kind of do their own thing and take a twist on it but um it still happens with um some major shows but it's not as common as it used to so i think it's kind of cool it's like a more digestible way to um experience the story but you do lose a lot a lot of yeah. those and were done too because, like, um, what was it? Japan at the time, like, home video was just becoming a thing. So, like, when a show ended, unless you like found a way to capture episodes or something like that, you were SOL unless there was a rerun. So that's where like another purpose for those compilation films. I mean, like, like a lot of the Dragon Ball ones too were like that. Oh right, yes, yeah, the original uh, Dragon Ball film. Oh yeah, those which were a lot of fun in their own right. Um, mm-hmm. but with like this is the North Star, it's just like let's just take whatever we can but also let's promote the hell out of it and like the practice today is more like we'll do that but we'll do it in live action for some bizarre reason at the same yeah. time there's also a tv anime which is mm. so bizarre because they did that for jojo's bizarre adventure as well recently where it's like part four was airing at the same time and they're like let's get takashi miike and let's announce the first part of a three-part trilogy on you know yeah. part four for some bizarre reason and then that flopped but That's weird. Yeah, but yeah. So that practice it kind of exists today, but much more convoluted. But yeah, that's that's where we're at with Fist and North Star. I think yeah. these are kind of grand swaths of information that yeah. we've given you. But yeah, sure. um, <laughs> pretty much, uh, grand swath is also the name of my punk rock band. But I digest. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Grand oh. swath sounds like a stand from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me ten minutes, I'll come up with powers. But anyway. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so. Uh, with all that said, let's uh, let's dive into the movie itself. But first, let's take a look at the back of the VHS. The year is 1990X. The world as we know it 
is gone. Burned away in nuclear fire. Bandits and warlords rule over a new wasteland, where only the strong survive. This new world is on the verge of complete destruction. The only hope left for mankind is to find a hero. To return love and justice to the land, the last wielder of the deadly assassin martial art known as Hokuto Shinken, the Fist of the North Star, Kenshiro has revived! With seven scars on his chest, Kenshiro's anger explodes in his quest for justice. An epic assault on the senses, tense and exciting battles every 10 minutes, with powerful animation that will burst through your screen. The great science fiction martial arts epic, Hokuto no Ken, Fist of the North Star. Alright, so the story of this movie is pretty straightforward, I'd say. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's it, like most Fist of the North Star things. It's Ken <coughs> wants uh, Yuria. Shin has Yuria. He goes and kills a bunch of people. That's boy well, meets yeah. girl. Boy that's, gets that's girl stolen. Yeah. Boy gets boy. stabbed in the chest several times in the shape of the Big Dipper. Boy gets yeah. left in a ditch. That's, yep. that's really it. It's, it's a classic yeah. tale. Yeah. Pretty sure Shakespeare but I think, wrote that. So. Yeah, I think when it comes to Heroes 3 and the martial arts, the kung fu movie side of things, it's really like, you know, different martial arts styles clashing and the drama that comes with, you know, that. Because, like, Yuria, they don't play it up as much in this film, but she represents the, so the southern style. And uh, Kenshiro's like the North Star, the Northern style. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of like this, like, I don't know. It's almost like a Romeo and Juliet, I guess. It's like, yeah, gotcha. yeah. yeah it's like <laughs> these two families shouldn't be. Yeah. yeah well, and they say like, you know, maybe this is something that could be good for like the two styles, but it's also like Northern and Southern shouldn't fight each other. But uh, yeah, at the beginning of the film, you've got Shin, who's, one of the southern the uh nanto uh generals he wants yuria he's had eyes on yuria oh uh, and we should say like yeah this is very um mad max so we're oh, in the post yeah. mad max meets yeah, enter totally. the dragon meets yeah. Yeah. like you know right. Uja. It, it's, yep. it's crazy Meet just Frank like, Rosetta. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, like yeah. uh with these ipman films that we've covered i would say similarly that we wouldn't know about Fist of the North Star if it wasn't for Bruce Lee, <laughs> right? Because, like, oh, yeah. Kenshiro is basically, like, he is... He looks like Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> he also looks like Mad Max. Mm -hmm. But he also is very Bruce Lee yeah. in all of his actions. Right. Yeah, he, he does, All of the attacks have the... Watch out! And, yeah, Kenshiro is kind of... Um, he is the successor to uh, the Hokuto Shinken style, mm. um, the, the Fist of the North Star style. And um, that comes with it also like very kung fu movie drama where mm -hmm. it's like I wanted, yeah. you know, there are three brothers that they show in the film. In the manga, there's another brother that I love that doesn't even show up in here. 
but anime um, jesus yeah he's the best toki toki's one of the brothers he doesn't get any time in this film but he's super cool and um the three brothers kind of like have this fight over you know kenshiro being the successor and one of the older brothers his name is raul and he's not happy with that and he confronts his master and blood is shed because of that and that's like another kind of driving force in the film and um yeah but the scene here with shin and yuria and ken like really sets you up for what you're gonna be seeing in the rest of the movie because um yeah yeah, you get a surprising surprisingly violent encounter it starts off as kind of your typical kung fu stuff where they're jump kicking and actually like i should say um the character designs are super cool uh the guy that did the character designs is the same dude that did the designs for the TV series. His name is Masami Suda, and that dude's like Amazing. a legend. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you can you can see how influential these designs and even costumes and and everything mm-hmm. really were on anime and definitely like yeah, video game characterizations mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing yeah. that I really I really loved is um uh how much crossover there was from like the manga and like comic sort of art style. Like, there's so much cross hatching and stuff. On the characters, even on on their facing, on their faces, which I feel like, you, yeah, um, the line even even like a couple years from this point on, you don't really see that all that much. Where there's like, um, such heavy like, yeah, almost like comic book cross hatching and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's really cool. Absolutely gorgeous work. It rules. Yeah. So, um, Shin, uh, basically wins this encounter Mm -hmm. against Kenshiro, and he's gonna capture Yuria, and uh, like his like demand to her is he's got Kenshiro like held by his goons and he uses his hand to create a scar on his chest in the shape of the big dipper, which represents the Hokuto, like the Hokuto Shinken style. And, um, He's basically saying like he wants her to come. And by creating a star, like a scar, I mean he he's just pushing his index finger like yeah, just yeah. Deep right into his flesh. in there. Which <laughs> I don't think right that works like. I don't think that works like biologically, but it looks really cool. <laughs> I so. mean, if you really, really, really believe in it, anything <laughs> is possible. That's true. That's true. But this is this is something that is literally straight from from the manga and mm. straight in the anime. This is like a, one episode of the anime is a flashback, just doing this scene, and they just that, revisit over exactly and over and over. Yeah. Look, they paid a lot for that animation. They're going to use it. <laughs> but oh, so are, add... are you saying they even like recycle the animation from the movie? In the... No, but... no, they oh, came okay. out after, gotcha. well after yeah. that right. fact. Everything is reanimated for the film. Yeah. There's, there's oh, nothing gotcha. reused. What you get after this is um, two of the other Hokuto Shinken brothers, Jaggy and Rao, are kind of observing this, and um, actually, uh, Jaggy ends up throwing Kenshiro off a cliff. And there's yeah. like a cool moment of like background animation that you animation know, usually is wild yeah usually mm. backgrounds are like kind of these painted static like things but um yeah there's some ambitious animation here I, I i think sometimes it's not as cool as it could be but i think it's really cool for the time that it came out the other thing that i can say that's kind of an important part of the film is that yuria kind of um has she has this like bag of seeds that kind of end up representing like the hope of humanity uh you know because we're in this post-apocalypse and everything's desolate and there's some really like cool like imagery in this film like the 
city backdrops like i think one of the most iconic images i can think of is seeing a skyscraper with an oil tanker shoved (laughs) through it like a like a sword (laughs) that looks so Mm -hmm. cool i i don't care how absurd that is it just looks amazing Mm -hmm. uh yeah so she's got these seeds and like uh she drops them as she's getting carried away and kenshiro grabs those and then later in the film you'll see that one of the other characters her name is lynn a young girl she ends up really representing this hope that I was uh, talking about. So it's kind of like Kenshiro and Lin have this kind of almost like a psychic rapport, a link where whenever she's in danger, it's like almost a signal to Kenshiro and he'll show up like out of nowhere to save her. And um, he's like very protective of her kind of realizing that, you know, if I can keep her alive and if I can help her protect this plant, it means a lot for the future of humanity. And we see this, uh, the next thing we get introduced to kind of our, our primary side characters, uh, Lin and Bat. And the the way they're introduced is, uh, this is very Mad Maxi, where uh, yeah. Bat's driving in in this like kind of dune buggy thing, being chased by these goons on motorcycles, which is like that straight up out of Mad Max Road Warrior. And the animation here is crazy like the animation of him driving through the city and like it's like panning through the city and like the background's completely animated as they're driving well and and then when they're out when yeah he's driving in the skyscraper and the floor like falls out um oh yeah that scene's gorgeous oh it's just yeah yeah, just kind of stunning yeah it's always cool to see these moments of background animation and like at the time like this was like pretty like top of the game now i think like Man, in 88 with Akira, you can't really compare Akira to this because Akira literally cost like a gajillion dollars yeah. to me. Well, between that and like the pre-scoring, yeah. oh my God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So after that, the these kind of thugs who are from the manga, they're from the Zed like gang. Yeah. There's a Lord Zed that will show up shortly. They're but trying to long. pick up. Yeah. They're trying to steal stuff because everybody's like a scavenger. Everybody's a vulture. Mm-hmm. And it's very apparent that like the strong are the ones that just can survive. And everyone else is kind of mm-hmm. treated like cattle. They kill people left and right. And I like that they make a point to show when they're killing people that they don't care about jewelry or money. Yeah. They just care about like food and water mm-hmm. or women also. Yeah. Yeah, women are not treated very well in this post Not at all whatsoever <laughs> goddamn ever. <laughs> and especially right here you get the scene where the Zed thugs see Lynn and she's trying to fight back and the dude just like straight up was trying to step on her and crush her. Yeah, and like her entire body under his foot. It's Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing I really like is that they play with scale a lot. Uh-huh. And at first you might watch it and you're like, oh, they totally messed that up. But I think stylistically <laughs> it really works because when you see Kenshiro fighting somebody and they look like a mountain in front of him and he just destroys them, it just looks <laughs> way cooler that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that that again goes to the opening like the opening fight and it's so important in establishing the tone. And part of the tone is that it's like um I mean, everything that you're seeing kind of like physicalized is some kind of like exaggeration. Like there's something expressive or almost like metaphoric to it. So it's like, 
yeah i don't know i think like you're um yeah you're almost ready for proportions to like flux or it's you're not yeah you're not looking at it as like a nature documentary or something yeah it's almost totally. like a manifestation of like ego at times i mean even oh manga, yeah totally like yeah i like that a lot too yeah it just I, I think that's the way i've always kind of interpreted it like any sort of inconsistency it's just like okay this is just his aura his presence he's just that massive mm-hmm. and then he's just brought down to size a couple of panels later mm-hmm. <laughs> so tell me mike how do you interpret kenshiro showing up like covered in a layer of rocks <laughs> um <laughs> What is that? The most metal thing that has ever happened in ever. <laughs> no. Okay. So, yeah, basically, Kenshiro makes, like, the best appearance ever. Like, one of the best introductions ever. Uh, this side of the uh, G.I. Joe, uh, Real American Hero movie, um, <laughs> with jetpacks. Um, dude just shows up covered completely in rock because he responds to the, the psychic cry. And just there's just this outer shell of rock that he just walks out of, and then like and he just, just keeps smashing walking. skyscrapers as a he's skyscraper them. falls on top of him, and he just walks right through it like nothing yeah. ever happened, <laughs> and it's just like he's just mad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I kind of interpret it because this is the first time that you see Kenshiro after what you assume is like a a grisly death, um, mm. and he was like uh, not only you know cut and so and bruised in so many ways where it seemed like he uh, like bled out completely but then he's thrown down this uh rocky cliff that is like you know 20 miles tall or something <laughs> um so it's like i almost took the rocks as like oh yeah he was like he was like so um so buried down in that cavern or whatever um, but i also don't know what i'm talking about but i, I, just, I like it, it with, yeah i like, mean where we, that... la- where we last saw him or whatever i mean i figure like if anything maybe it's like a key type thing like um tangent time uh there's like that one story in blackjack where like the scalpel gets lost inside of him and they find it years later and it's like i think a calcium <laughs> has surrounded it um maybe it's what like that? yeah maybe it's like that but it's like with key or something so like he just oh. ends up so far in the rock that the key just just like automatically like preserves him and <laughs> when he's just like coming out of it maybe he just does not feel pain at all whatsoever yeah. and he's operating on like autopilot mode which is just mm-hmm. pure sorrow and rage that he just was like oh yeah there's the rest of the world here. Mm-hmm. Let's go kill it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think whatever it is, uh, just seeing him like that, you know how strong he is right mm-hmm. away. The other thing I like about Kenshiro is like, he literally, it's like I said, he just walks in a line wherever mm-hmm. he goes. He doesn't like <laughs> take I mean, the an shortest elevator. distance between two paths. And just like waves you know? <laughs> his fist and people yep. fall. Yeah. And when he first encounters these thugs after they're uh, trying to injure Lin and Bat, um, that's really how he takes him out. He just grabs one guy by the head and squeezes it to a pulp. Oh. <laughs> and then he just kind of raises his limbs yeah. left and right and yeah. everybody just explodes. dies. So it's great yeah. is right before the guy that he squeezes the head of just shot him with a crossbow and he just pulls it out and throws it behind him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there's this amazing shot that's literally just straight from the manga where Ken is holding his hand out and there's blood dripping from it as like the guy falls to the ground. It's such a cool shot. And he also has a sick about, beard. Yeah, do we want to talk about the guy who like gets thrown on the ground and his head explodes his entire body upwards? Yeah. <laughs> can we can we can we address that for a moment? That's like that's, that's like tunes. That's like I saw, the best I saw that on Mythbusters and they, they were able to recreate it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. This is the North Star special since... edition. <laughs> Although I will say, since there's no other time that uh, I'll be able to say this, uh, I, I was kind of doing some some reading through the the manga, 
And one of the my favorite the crazy kill that he does that I read in the manga is there's a guy who's like has this like razor wire and he's like chopping all these people yeah. in half. Oh yeah. And so he uses the pressure points to make the guy wrap the razor wire around his own head and then his muscles to like snap and cut his own head off. Yeah. Oh, that's the great thing about Hokuto Shinken too. Is it serves a narrative purpose for every like mm-hmm. villain. Um, there's another villain that I think he hits a pressure point that just makes him walk backwards off of a cliff. <laughs> wasn't that uh, was that the fake? <laughs> that's Toki? amoeba. Yeah, the amoeba. Yeah. yeah, the fake Toki. That's right. Yeah, right. It's it's these like horrible it's like wild. narrative punishments yeah it's just so absurd like you can't take it serious because mm-hmm. it's like just so dumb and weird yeah. like this is a joke <laughs> and all I the mean, people that yeah. he does it to are like the most comically evil people you could imagine and right. so, like this person's literally going to crush a little girl who has seeds and then <laughs> he, he does all these horrible things where you're like yeah they kind of deserves it i guess i mean if you're yeah, coming in then- from like jojo's bizarre adventure i mean which is pretty much borrowing a lot oh. of notes from just the North oh, Star. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like those like crazy moments where it's like, it's okay. I turned into a butterfly just so I could like replace a part of my organ so I can keep my body alive just so I can beat you up uh, because you punched my friend because he stepped in line ahead of you. You know, <laughs> yes. like it's, it's that type of logic. But it's so funny because it, for however insane it is, there are still parts of like Fist of the North Star, like as a whole, that will still get me pretty choked up. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's so dumb, and it's at the same time it's so melodramatic, and it's like so like hot blooded, like like manly like melodrama, like or at like, least it like it registers to all of us as manly. Yeah, yeah. Like, but oh yeah, man, that's I love it. It's so yeah. stupid and mm. great and dumb and awesome at the same time. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like the following scene, so Zed's. Zed shows up, Lord Zed, and he's like, "Oh, like we're gonna kill this village, and we're just gonna take their stuff." And um, with enough muscle detail that you pretty much see where half of the budget went. <laughs> yeah, right. And the tones, like the coloring tones on all these like gang dudes that are just gonna get mopped. Like everyone's drawn so well, but yeah. So he grabs Lynn, and he's gonna like rip her head off, and. Like she does her like psychic scream, and then Kenshiro wakes up. He's laying on a table. He wakes up and he just springs up like a board, and the table explodes. <laughs> and then like the door explodes, and it's like he's walking in regular speed, and like and the, door the, the pieces of the door are still flickering. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's so and, good. Yeah. So he the next absurd thing is that you know Lord Zed's threatening this town, and Kenshiro runs up and he sees what's going on, and he kicks like a concrete chunk right into his <laughs> mouth. Yeah. And the way Zed reacts is like, "Who did this?" You know, like <laughs> kind of like this goofy Looney Tunes, like, "Who threw concrete in my mouth?" <laughs> right? Who saw that coming? So, <laughs> I mean, where'd that come from? Yeah, and Kenshiro's walking towards him, and they pull off his cloak, and you see who he is, and they're like, oh, you're that guy. And uh, Kenshiro, like, does the thing that you're waiting for him to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's just so, he's just casually walking towards him and just punching people who keep exploding all over the place. Yeah, and one of his goons gets flown, like, flat onto Lord Zed, like, <laughs> just, like, perfectly placed, and he explodes on his chest. Uh. You're like, what? <laughs> What the hell? And that's one of the moments where I think it's like they didn't censor. Yeah, that. they didn't like, censor. They censored censored that. Oh no, there's a lot they did oh, not. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, so Kenshiro does the Hokuto Hyakuretsu Ken. The ah, ta 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 ta. You know what everybody yeah. wants him to do. Ah, ta 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 ta. And this is the moment where you hear the the uh, most you know, famous line of that. Like people that don't know this, the North Star know this line. Roses are yeah, red, think, and violets are blue. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think the, it's you great are already because dead. <laughs> they like letterbox frame when he says that. <laughs> That's how important it yeah. is. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> and yeah, then uh, Lord Zeeds explodes. So mm-hmm. on to the next guy. <laughs> oh, do we we have to talk about the uh, the lost um, uh, Fist of the North Star art of uh, jacket reconstruction? <laughs> oh, that's true. He goes to the same tailor as the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Every time I imagine, yeah. imagine Ken just has a closet full of the identical blue, uh, blue jacket and shoulder pad things. Oh, I just sure, assume especially... it's like a like a level high above the greatest echelon of like the Hokuto Shinken technique. Oh where, like, yeah. Where like you strike a pressure point and your clothing just like automatically reassembles on you. Mm-hmm. He uses the pressure points to put his clothes back together. <laughs> or he hits the jacket and pressure points and that it forces mm-hmm. it to reassemble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's perfect. That's a cool thing too, is that uh it's it's an awesome thing that I a lot of really great anime does where it's there it has really cool theming where the thing like the pre- the whole thing that he does, the Hokuto Shinkin is you know, pressure points cause all these crazy explosions to happen from people's bodies. But he can also do like good stuff with it too, which is really cool. So he uses it to get Lynn to speak again because she had been mute up to this point. And that's, I just, and I, someone else later uses it to like kind of reassemble themselves whenever Ken is trying to, to kill them, which <laughs> One I just of the think best right. moments. <laughs> it's just such a cool thing where it's like, oh, it's just, it's consistent within the world, this crazy, you know, kung fu magic that he's doing. Right. You almost could see it being like a Wong Fei Hung, Po Chi Lam like kind of deal where Kenshiro could have like a hospital where he just helps people, mm-hmm. but instead he walks across the earth and kills everyone. <laughs> well, that's what yeah. Toki is. He's the antithesis of that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's move on to. Let, I, I want to move on to Ray. Well, so that's we that's what I was about to say. That's literally the next scene is we get introduced cool. to we get introduced to Ray, who's kind of the main uh, the main. Side, not side character, because he's he's on the same level as Ken. Like, he starts uh, out as a rival and then becomes his best friend. Yeah, yeah. He he animates it. He starts off as the rival and becomes the best friend. Yeah, yeah. So Ray is of the Nanto uh, Suicho Wow, I did it. Okay, Ray is of the Nanto Suichoken style. There you go. Which is the southern style. Yeah. And um, the thing that's cool about this is that. They describe Hokuto Shinken as destroying the inside of your body outward. And the Nanto style that Rei uses is destroying the outward inward. So basically how they visualize this is that his fingers are like lasers. And they (laughs) slice up everything with pure efficiency. And in this film like this... I think this was probably the most excited the animators were. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, because like the most creative stuff happens with those techniques, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely. Like all the slow mo s- posing with the laser. It's like a, I don't know, like a laser light show at the planetarium or something. It yeah, it is. And um, how we encounter him is that he's kind of like setting traps for thugs because he's trying to find information on his sister that's been kidnapped. And um, what he's doing is he travels the earth kind of shrouded and he kind of has the form of a woman 
So naturally, any of these like um, you know thugs are gonna try and capture them. And um, the thing that I love about this is when he reveals himself, he's describing his style, and you see him kind of tracing the air, and they they follow it with like a special animation effect line, and he actually does the kanji for the symbol of woman as he's saying it. Oh, and cool. Yeah, it looks really cool. And he's fighting this, like, dumb thug that kind of looks like a clown. And um, this is the moment that I was talking about <laughs> with Mike's uh, action figure. Uh. So what, what, I, what happens here is that the thug rushes at Ray, and they kind of do this kind of ninja-like swap where they run at each other and end up on the opposite sides of each other. And what ends up happening, though, is that Ray had sliced off the dude's hand. Yeah. And he's like, hey, you hey, forgot he dropped these. these. <laughs> he throws his own arms back at him. Oh. So, so so what I did is <laughs> right. I had the toy and I no, and no. I ran past Mike and I'm like, hey, you dropped this. And I threw the action figure at him. Which best so part of the whole awesome. thing? Best part of the whole thing? The guy who got me into Fist of the North Star, our friend Luis, yeah. was in the room at the same time, and dude died of laughter, like because he <laughs> he knew what was coming. Yeah, it's great. Oh god, so stupid. Yeah, it was. Thank it was you. great. Thank you for indulging me on that dumb story. No, the funny thing is, I'm happy you told it because I would have told it if you did. It would have been like 30 minutes longer. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well there Ouch. you go you're welcome <laughs> nice. um, so, yeah so now we see ray yep. you know the the formidable rival and um what his deal is is uh, like i said he's trying to find his sister and what he knows is that it was a man with seven scars that stole her but what you end up finding out is that jaggy one of the other brothers the other hokuto shinkan brothers has kind of spreading these lies that he's like Kenshiro uh, of Hokuto Shinken, and he's letting everybody know that he has these scars. So they're kind of besmirching his name across the uh, wastelands. When he ends up in this town where the thugs are kind of touting this, uh, Kenshiro also shows up. So um, Kenshiro sees the statue of Jaggy with the seven scars, and he's like, oh, this is Jaggy, and he destroys it. And it looks badass. I mm -hmm. love the animation here when he does that. Mm -hmm. And... um. Then him and Ray encounter each other. So yeah. they kind of, it's like an uneasy alliance at first. They kind of speed theme, things up in the in the movie for the sake of time. Oh, yeah, because in the original like storyline, like he doesn't reveal that he has seven scars until like well after their introduction arc together. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, they, they don't really like each other for a while. But uh, in here, they're kind of united uh, pretty quickly. But you also get this amazingly animated... Uh, sequence of Ray just tearing up the goons. And <laughs> a lot, a lot we... of VHS shots yeah. for that. Yeah, Lots we get a lot of, of that. But even still, it's just like shockingly violent mm -hmm. seeing yeah, the anatomy just... of all of this <laughs> yeah. violence. <laughs> and it's literally anatomy because you're seeing like the insides of all of yeah. these characters. <laughs> just bits and pieces of people flying everywhere. Yeah. He does it so casually. He just kind of fling his hands back and forth as people are just being chopped in half and then like 
10 different pieces. You know, Kenshiro can have like a hospital healing people up. <laughs> like Ray could have like a great butcher shop where he's just slicing food up for <laughs> people. Can we write this Wait, AU story precision. where it's just like they're all in a small town. The most and, like, boring <laughs> fan fiction in the world. I don't know. Rao could still be a dick and things could be interesting. It'd be like. Yeah, for sure. It'd be like the fist or the uh, this is the North Star equivalent of uh, today's menu for Emmy uh, family like that uh, Fate's Day Night spinoff where everyone's just oh, really? happy. I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, short, short delay um yeah so basically it's like hey so we're just gonna have all these characters that were originally supposed to kill each other but they're all happy and like the main dude just cooks for all of them and every like story is like a actual recipe you can do at home like that <laughs> oh, is i like that, oh, that yeah, is literally the cool. show and it's actually pretty damn charming watch That's... it now on crunchyroll Dang. <laughs> anyway all right, all right, all right. <laughs> oh man what's going on like <laughs> what are you talking about i'm, to full, I'm totally full fine <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so marty we, would have would not have been traumatized by this version that we're creating right now no yeah we hey, next week is just next to week like... we're gonna go a little more wholesome so i mean i could have still been traumatized by kind of like the unspoken tension between oh yeah those characters uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh okay God. so what like i said so jaggy is kind of doing all of this stuff and it turns out that jaggy is the man um, that has captured Idy. I'm sorry, you say Jackie is the man. <laughs> oh no, I'm, I'm still going. <laughs> yeah, he's he's captured Idy, and uh, you get a really cool flashback, kind of showing how Jaggy ended up the way he is. Because when you see Jaggy in the film, he's got this kind of motorcycle helmet on, and when he takes it off, you see that his head's all messed up. Mm -hmm. And what I really enjoy about this flashback is that it's all like POV animation from Jaggy's mm -hmm. point of view. Yeah. It looks so cool. He just pulls so a you gun see... on Ken, which, yeah. which I just think is... Uh, it, it, but yeah, Ken doesn't even really about. react. He's like, what's with the gun? Yeah, he's like, hey, yeah, you don't use like... guns. We use martial arts. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Winners don't yeah. use guns. Yeah. 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 Anybody using a gun in Fist of the North Star is a bad guy. Yeah. Automatically. <laughs> no honor. But um yeah, what I like here is and this is like this morality that I'm talking about with Kenshiro where he has no like patience for Jaggy. Once he does this, he immediately uses like a killing technique on him to um stop him from you know using guns, basically. <laughs> I mean like when you're and, pistol whipped though, I mean you kind of like you know you have to do whatever it takes eventually. Yeah, sure. Kill your own brother, right? I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no. So, um, what Jaggy does is really cool, though. He uses his own pressure points, skill, like techniques, to uh, prevent his head from exploding. <laughs> but from now on, he's kind of like this disfigured uh, monster, and he has to wear that helmet. And uh, I really like here too, because one of his henchmen comes in while he's taking a nap, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna take a peek at his face." And right when he looks at his face, he has like Marty's reaction when he was watching the <laughs> film. He's like, I, I, did, I did identify with that henchman. I felt like, oh, there's, that's me there on the screen. Representation matters. Is oh. <laughs> Get yeah, the hell so ja out. Jaggy, Jaggy wakes up and... Um, He's like, oh, like, so you think I'm disgusting, huh? And he does this casual smack to him and the guy's head explodes. So there we go. Another another one on the list of fatalities in the film. There if there's a, a drinking game, you should be at least seven in by now. You will oh, die yeah. by the 50 minute yeah. mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so Kenshiro and Rei yeah. are making their way to find Jaggy. And they're um, delayed slightly because they encounter Mr. Hart. So um, <laughs> oh, Mr. Hart, like, Hart is like this gigantic mountain of a human being. And um, this is the first time where you see Kenshiro's Hokuto, uh, Hokuto Shinken have a little bit of trouble. So whenever he attacks this guy, Hart uh, is so, like, fat that it just absorbs all, like, the kinetic energy of a, yeah. a punch. I think this is this is to where I definitely needed to take a break. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. <laughs> after think this about, one? Like, what? Holy shit. What yeah, I no, seeing. you needed it's to. Just, yeah. it's just, I mean, it's, like, undeniably creative, but it's just so gross. It it's like, gross. why... why why does your mind go there like why is this okay yeah <laughs> yeah so kenshiro's solution to this is to hit him even more so what he does is he uses hokuto shinken to attack heart and he hardens his skin and then he's able to strike him and mr heart explodes in a like a geyser of blood and he like and it hit whenever he's punching him it makes the fat like roll off to the side uh, so yeah. that he's able it's to like, becomes like a, a crater of like lard and it's just like the most like Ugh. like hauntingly amazing thing until it explodes and then you're like well i'm done with dinner <laughs> it's great in the <laughs> subtitle love- he says my meat my meat <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and actually heart heart dying that was almost like a meme before there were memes like like hit when he dies in the japanese version he says <laughs> which is kind of like a play on it hurts and um that became like this really like ongoing like joke in like japanese like uh anime culture for a long time oh yeah <laughs> and there was like a whole thing where like um throughout this the north star there were like little messages scattered throughout it's so, like whenever shigeru chiba like dies at one point he's like like so he's actually saying his name um and then fun fact if you buy the day one uh special edition of fist of the north star lost paradise you actually get a hidebu sticker um oh perfect it is currently on my ps4 so Oh, that's awesome! Actually, Mike, uh, Mike gave me a copy of that game for Christmas. That's really cool. Yeah, surprised you haven't done (laughs) the same. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. So after they beat Hart, they encounter Jaggy, and um, Jaggy actually holds Idy as like ransom, and um, of course, there isn't a huge fight between Ray and Kenshiro, but like it's this is kind of one of the legendary fights actually that. Is like you know the Nanto style versus the Hokuto Shinken style. It's too bad we didn't get like a really crazy fight because that would be awesome. But well, they did. It's still... Yeah, because like in the original version, it's like a lot more intense, and it's like got one of the coolest payoffs because like it's it's the same arc, but it's not so much Heart that's doing it. Uh, instead, mm-hmm. it's like a whole other gang. I mean, the same character shows up, but like much later in a different capacity. But it's basically like the two of them fight. They're evenly matched. And so the both of them are like, okay, we have no choice. One assumes a certain stance, and he's like, yeah. I assume you know what this means. So then Ray <laughs> yeah, does a certain cool. stance. They both go at each other, seemingly kill each other in the process, and it looks like, oh god, this is it. The manga's over. <laughs> well, it turns out that basically it was a signifier for a feint that would knock the both yeah. of them out and simulate death so they could then get up and beat the shit out of everybody. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it is it's, one of the best great. things ever. Yeah, it's really cool. It's like, hey, secret handshake of martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah, Mr. Hart and the his like gang are 
related to Shin in the manga. So this is another instance where they're kind of mushing different things together for the sake of the film. But yeah, you got to fight Jaggy now, right? Like, so Jaggy and Kenshiro have like a face off on the top of a skyscraper. And Jaggy's kind of like this, I don't play by the rules fighter. So what he ends up doing is he kind of lights like an explosion on the uh, top of the skyscraper. But um, of course, that's not going to defeat Kenshiro. Of course so, not. Uh, well, especially not because he then tells Kenshiro that he's the one that killed their father. And yeah. that's like, you you should know that that's just going to make Kenshiro so mad. He'll walk through the flames and walk through a skyscraper to kill you. <laughs> I mean, that's like the that he can do it. Yeah, that's like the bit in Kill Bill Part 2 where, she, where um, you know, El Driver's like, that's right. I killed your master, and I also did this. Now what? And then she gets her yeah. eye ripped out. And it's like, why would you yep. say that? <laughs> why would you say that? <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I l- really love about this fight is that Kenshiro does one of these very specific pressure point techniques where he's like, I hit your pressure point, so now you're going to shoot yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he has to like push something in his neck to get him to stop doing it. That's a cool animation yeah, where he just he's holding the gun out and just pops back towards him. He's like, yeah, puncturing holes in his arm mm-hmm. to try mm-hmm. to stop it. Yeah, they would he's able to defeat them and uh, they get back to to Irie. But of course, the the thing that he that that Ken's you know screaming at at uh, Jaggy as he's you know literally blood's pouring out of his head is uh, <laughs> he's trying to find where Yuria is because that's you know that's that's the that's his whole thing. And I'm trying to remember what what happens. Uh, or he like he he tells him that that Shin has him right that Shin has Yuri at this point. Well, or... he also yeah, so... he also tells him that he basically motivated Shin like going after right going after him in the beginning of the right. story. Um, so he's kind of pulling the strings behind all of this, and yeah, he tells kind of like yeah, I find it like a weird story beat because it's like oh well, then this should be kind of like your ult- this is the source of really all your anguish. Like this is maybe like your ultimate confrontation but that's what they kind of shifted yeah. around because like jack was it uh, jaggy didn't happen until after shin in the manga and the anime and so because that, mm-hmm. oh, that that makes sense because it was much more tragic when he found out because he's like okay great so now my friend is dead and my girlfriend is dead and it's your fault because you're a dumbass i'm gonna make your head yeah. explode now yeah then your shirt flies off and you know what <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> but right here what happens is you just learn that uh Yuria is in the city of Southern Cross, and the city of Southern Cross is Shin's city that is basically a a testimony to Yuria herself. So he's been just trying to make like the perfect life for her, but you know she's an empty shell without Kenshiro, and this is like the major uh, encounter next. The other thing I really like is the trailer for the Fist of North Star movie. The Japanese trailer actually lists. All the fight, the, all every fight That's in right. the movie is, is listed. So it's like you know why people are coming to see this just for like the fights. And actually, similar to that, the Street Fighter um, movie that I, that we covered, the trailer for that also does the same thing, where it shows you oh, okay, cool. Ryu versus Sagat and Bison versus Ken. You know all of these different uh, encounters. Did they show that in the That's trailer, how or was that like in the programs? It's in the trailer. You see it scroll, just almost similar to how they. Uh, scroll them in the trailer. We'll add it to the episode notes too. Okay. So after a little bit here, where we see uh, Shin, Shin and Yuria, and Shin's doing his whole like, you know, the world's horrible, and you have to be with me and everything. We get introduced to 
Uh, we saw um, Rao at the very beginning of the movie, but we now we get kind of get to see him in action. And he has this massive army of uh, these look like G.I. Joe villains. Like they look like from, you know, from Cobra. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah I see. And that. just, you know, a billion times more violent. And he gets in a fight with this other guy who also has an army, uh, Kaiba Dayo, right? Kibadayo. Yeah, Kibadayo, rather. Which which means Fang. So he's like, his name is Lord Fang. And that's, it's good that you say that because this is probably one of the most interesting things in the dub is uh, they call him Fang in the dub and he is voiced by James Avery, which you might know as Uncle Phil from uh, <laughs> Freshman's Bel Air. Listen, give up while you still can or every one of you men shall yeah, it's great. And, and also, Shredder. of course, yes, also, of course, Shredder from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which this and is, is definitely yeah. this is a lot more the Shredder voice than Uncle Phil. So, yeah, and it is one of the <laughs> most gruesome fights of the entire it's movie that just barely gets censored. Now I feel bad for Marty. What was this like for you? Man? Oh, yeah, this must have been terrible. No. No, I was in. I entered a different like state of mind, a different plane. Oh, so oh no, we, we broke for like the last third of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> he went to his dark place. That's why. No, I just fixated more on kind of like the center strip of flesh on his on dude's face, mm-hmm. where it was like. Oh yeah, that's color. great. Oh, don't oh, remind man. me of that. <sighs> oh, sorry. That that's like no, that's like the thing that like oh god, like even like it is still like the most intricately animated part of the movie. Like it is. Well done, but it is so graphic to the point that I I get queasy just thinking about it. Yeah. Just oh god. Yeah. yeah, he's he's marching through this army of of henchmen as he's like turned his skin into like steel or something, and as every time he steps on someone, they just you just see all their intestines fall out of them, and it it's just it's just gruesome. Well, and then there's like one soldier that's jumping up at him. Oh, and he, he just like, like swats in his his yeah. mouth, like you're like tossing your friend a peanut and seeing if they can. Yeah, it's like catch that. It's like that thing. painting of uh, Chrono seating his his kids, like where it's like just hanging out of his mouth. Oh man, yeah, yeah, that's right. Fistful North Star is high it art. Is high guys. art. <laughs> no, there. I I did think that there was something like really kind of sickeningly beautiful about uh towards the end of that there's this rain of blood oh yeah where he's walking animated, everybody. almost yeah it's almost animated to be like confetti in a parade and so it's like this like grisly death parade oh yeah um, that's right from like the blood that he's like wrenched out of all these soldiers. grisly death parade was oh. the working title of fist of the north star <laughs> yeah. i mean that's a metal album <laughs> waiting to happen too <laughs> that yeah, sounds that's I, like a metal dude, apocalypse you're... album more than a like a like a death clock album more than an actual yeah. metal album. Oh, but this is this is the part that probably got me the most in terms of grossness is um Raul is able to kill Kiba and he like sends him flying into the distance and we see that like his his steel skin gets all cracked and then his flesh is just like popping out through like the cracks oh, yeah. in the steel. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is the worst. Uh, this is the worst. That is, that is the worst yeah. one in the in worst the one in the movie. Par it. none. It's it's great. <laughs> oh yeah, it like it like gushes out in a column, like all through the cracks. So it's like it's all like, the epidural layers and the muscle, and just like little chunks, like as if it's like going through like a Play-Doh grinder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's exactly. Just, it's so sick, and it's just. <laughs> Like, y- you applaud them, but you're just mm. like, ah. Oh. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's really amazing that this is all that this is all executed at the level it was. Because, like, you can imagine one 
kind of mad twisted artist like having that sort of vision but to corral like a whole team to like get behind that and execute it at uh what you have to argue is like such a high level it's like that's kind of amazing guys now um, hear me out on this one we just i i no. want to blow him up yeah. but i just want chunks of skin to come out of him <laughs> <laughs> and i want it to just explode through now the thing is we're going to be spending a lot of the budget on it i approve it <laughs> like there's just like the one guy who's just like let's do it <laughs> so i was thinking okay but only if we get to do an upskirt shot later in the movie okay fine <laughs> it's like it's okay we can do they one boob shot in exchange in yeah. all right fine but i don't have to draw nipples all right fine. <laughs> it's such a bizarre shot too because it's like they're trying to make it like the I know it's skipping ahead, but they're trying to make it this empower so. empowering thing of like, no, no, I'm not going to like wear your wedding dress or whatever. So it's like naturally I'm just going to like strip it <laughs> off. I mean, it's the eighties. Like, so they have to squeeze it in do. somehow. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's kinda like the whole stupid thing in like the Giver movie where it's like, Oh hey, so where a show is just possessed by the first unit normally and is just wrapped around by alien stuff. It turns into a whole tentacle scene, and suddenly yeah, yeah, yeah. she's naked for some weird reason. Like it's just, right, right. it's just, it's needlessly extra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a feeling most uh, uh, the we're kind of two for two on anime movies having unnecessary uh, scenes, nudity <laughs> scenes. So all you need to do is just have like a checklist or like a yeah, like have like a bingo card and just go <laughs> through like any major movie from the 80s and it's like okay new this nudity scene check uh gruesome death check yeah rockin 80s power ballad for the finale check, check and, then... and check no that's the yeah, free that yeah. that's the free space because like everyone had that <laughs> everyone <Right>. had that <laughs> yeah or like yeah gorgeous white snaky in hair <laughs> yeah white snaky in I love oh, it. Maybe that should be the free hashtag. space. <laughs> that's our new hashtag. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, this uh, this this next scene is uh, Yuria overhears that Kinshiro is alive and that kind of revives her, you know, will to live. And that's whenever she does this, she strips off the wedding dress and changes back into her her uh, older clothes. Which I do kind of like that whenever you see the older clothes on her, they kind of look more worn than they did at the very beginning, which I thought was really cool. cool. That's a cool touch. Um, But Shin kind of knows that his time is is limited because he sees like all the the smoke and the dust coming from uh, Rao's army approaching here. And that leads to their kind of uh, confrontation with uh, many, many great evil laughs. There's a lot of good evil laughs in this movie, but... (laughs) <laughs> uh, Shin's probably my favorite evil laugher. <laughs> oh yeah, super good. Yeah, yeah. So when Yuria's escaping, she runs into Rao, and Rao um, encounters Shin and says, "Hey, Yuria's with me now." And shortly after that, now Shin's gonna encounter Kenshiro. So what what we see is that Kenshiro makes his way to Southern Cross. And he finds Shin waiting for him. And they have basically what Kenshiro thinks is their fateful encounter. And this is played a little differently than the manga too. And actually Shin's death is kind of one of these like kind of iconic deaths in like anime culture. And it's 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 a bit different in mm-hmm. this movie. Um, it's also his finishing but, move in the, <laughs> this is the North Star uh, game from Arc System Works yeah yeah it's actually like a secret like it's like you 
it's like an honorable death like super move <laughs> where you kill yourself instead of dying from your opponent <laughs> i won't die by your hand kenshiro and then he just yeah. jumps and then that's it <laughs> yep yeah it's pretty great but the animation for this fight is super cool and actually there's some really funny like kind of kenshiro standing still with fists flying around him where they kind of just, yeah, just kind of slide back around and yeah <laughs> it's funny where they spend a lot of money on the animation of this movie and then where they cheap out yeah but i mean at the same time shin's animation for his um attacks mm. looks so good mm. and um I, I just I think Shin versus Kenshiro looks so iconic to me. Seeing like the blonde, long blonde hair, the white snakey in hair. <laughs> 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 but the fight isn't very long in the film, and um, what you see is that uh, Shin has already like been basically mortally wounded by Raoul. and when Kenshiro's fighting him, those injuries are revealed, and then he kind of tells Ken that she's gone, and that Rao is the guy that has her now. So in the manga, there's like this weird thing where Yuria sitting in the middle of their fight. <laughs> but what you find out is it's like yeah, a doll. It's, really it's like a lifelike doll of Yuria. Yeah, and they built up to that moment for the whole time. So you're like, oh, God, she's just like, you know, a shell of what she used to be, as you saw in the flashbacks. Mm -hmm. And then dude's just like, I will take her away from me and then stabs her. And then you're like oh shit she's gone and then yeah that just adds more stakes to that final battle because it's like oh kenshiro now has nothing left to live for yeah and in the manga you find out that yuria jumped to her death mm -hmm. thinking that kenshiro was mm -hmm. dead yeah so it's like that oh, melodrama man. is like turned way way up and you're thinking that should just be the end of the children. manga and it's like nope it's still <laughs> going that's pretty dang yeah. early in the manga too like that's within the first volume <laughs> Yeah, if you're going by the Master Edition, that's probably, like, by Volume 2 or 3, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, those... Ma I was looking into those. Like, there was actually a really cool digital Kick release of the manga. Yeah, it was, like, a Kickstarter. A Kickstarter, where, right? Where yeah. it was, like, this really cool... It looked like the shell of a manga, but when you opened it up, it was, like, a digital um It reminded me of, like, of those electronic books that they were pitching at the toy yeah. company in big do you guys remember that yeah oh yeah totally that that's funny like, yeah. oh man that would be so cool and you can uh, still buy them now but they're okay. like a thousand dollars or something like that yeah. it's like ridiculous pricing and it's the only way you can like read it in english without having to track down the remaining like master editions like i'm only missing like volumes like one and like like six uh, yeah, seven. Dude, i i was kicking myself because i i i participated in that kickstarter but i think it was like 250 bucks and like right before it ended like it, it got funded and right before it ended i was like uh i don't want to spend that much and then oh, i canceled no. it and now there's no way i can get that <laughs> oh carlos no <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just was like man I, I thought it was really cool but um yeah i missed out <laughs> you done goofed <laughs> yeah i did i did i did okay well anyways following this we're, we're getting to um raul's city where yuria is being kept and actually here there's a scene that actually was edited out and you see a bit of it in this scene one of raul's henchmen yeah. is he has a bullhorn and there's people cheering like ken oh ken oh because that's what he goes by like the fist king ken oh and um he grabs a guy by the head and pops his head with his fist and you see bits of the scene but it it's edited okay, away i was wondering because it looked it yeah. cut to like the the bad vhs uh quality yeah. but then nothing happened uh, so i was like oh that's mm -hmm. weird but okay that makes sense right i i have there's a youtube clip that has all of those edited 
clips in it because apparently there was a and the italian vhs release those were still included for some reason i don't know i gotcha yeah it's it's really hard to track this information down but um whoever um put that clip together extracted those from that so you can see like some of the scenes that were um edited you can see them unedited it's not everything but it's something that's right yeah it's like super hard to find that one now too oh my gosh Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the story was that that I read and that I know from you, Mike, was yeah. that Toei said that so once the film was released, it was deemed a little too violent. So they went ahead and made some edits, these VHS looking color edits. And um, there was actually what they said was there was a fire in one of their warehouses at Toy Animation and the print was lost. So the, I couldn't confirm that anywhere. And um, yeah, like prior to our, our, truth. yeah, prior to the recording of the podcast, we tried going into the Japanese Wikipedia page even, and then they, that didn't really have a whole lot of information. Yeah, which is a so, damn shame. I mean, yeah, and Disco Tech, the same people that released that Street Fighter film that we talked about, you can get all of the original run of Fist of the North Star and the film, but even that, and I think what you're gonna see on Crunchyroll or on Amazon, those are lifted from these releases. And um, it's, it still has this kind of color editing and gotcha. this stuff. So I don't well, know if we'll hope, ever see that. Hopefully someday someone finds... I imagine it was the negative that was destroyed mm-hmm. in the fire. And hope, I mean, there must be some other... Yeah, there has been a print. The, theatrical yeah, print because, I mean, somewhere. Because if they're doing that like effect, I mean, that was clearly edited on tape. And I think that was done for the home video. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it, the it looks really yeah, bad. Yeah. But it, it it's funny, though, because for me, I was kind of like whenever I first saw you know, kind of violent stuff on like the internet, solve violent, you know, clips from shows and stuff. It was from crappy VHS transfers. So in my mind, that's just what horribly violent stuff looks like whenever it's kind of scary because it kind of freaked me out as a kid. So whenever I see it like this is like, oh, that's like almost worse than if it was just the actual full on version. But that may just me, (laughs) but (laughs) <laughs> no no that totally makes sense yeah there's kind of an authenticity with that mm. it's like feels like right on the mood yeah it what it looks like what it looked like to me when i first saw it was it was like uh it's some you know some guy had wanted to show his friends this crazy cartoon that had this mad violence and they just kept rewinding that same spot over and over again so that spot was all <laughs> <laughs> that spot was all messed just up wear out the tape <laughs> that's great totally plausible uh I could see that. But yeah, so this next, the next bit, Ray, Bot, and Lynn uh, kind of come to the town, and they uh, are able to get there. They try to get Yuria out, but she ends up getting like she isn't crucified, but she is on a cross, like and hung up for the <laughs> everyone see. She's on, she is on the way to being crucified yeah. <laughs> on the path. Um, and Ray, this is a little too soon, like around Easter. <laughs> I mean, this will be out after Easter. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, but so Ray goes to fight uh, Raul, and this is a really cool bit too. Talking about the you know power ballads, this is when we get the song "Heart of Madness" plays, where we see Ken like walking all you know moodily through the desert while they're fighting with just this music going, and that's always cool. That's like the that's when you know something's when stuff's getting real in the anime whenever the, the song of lyrics starts playing during the fight scene.
it's like oh no yeah, yeah. For sure. see what i was kind of wondering is like there are shades of one of my favorite fights in fist of the north star with that ray confrontation and um i just gotta talk about it real quick it's um i mentioned a little earlier there's um one of my you know a couple of my favorite characters in the series uh ray is one of them and the other one is a guy by the name of Jews of the cloud now yeah. okay so Jews of the cloud okay he's the guy who he's one of the non-two generals and he he's actually a pretty good guy and he kind of decides you know i've got this mystical martial arts i'm just gonna create a harem and so he goes around rescuing all these women from like all these bandits or whatever and he just lives it up in this palace you know yeah everyone's having a good time and like the city pop music is playing in the background and everyone's laughing or whatever and so there's a whole plot line where you're like, okay, who's the final Nanto general? What that person shows up and is like, here's the deal. We need to make a transfer. You gotta buy me some time. And he's like, look, I'm having the best time of my life. Why am I gonna bother, you know, protecting you? Nanto general reveals their identity, and on that precise moment, Juzu just changes his tune and he's like, I will give you my life. So, and this is the reason why I wanted to bring this up. Dude decides yeah. to <laughs> in order to stop Raoul. Shows up in front of the army, starts some shit, gets Rao off his horse, steals the damn horse, runs off, <laughs> and then proceeds to fight him. And then, like, it's going well. Like, it's, a, it's, it's, like, going well for him, but then, of course, he ends up, you know, losing it. Or so you think, because then all of a sudden, his body just springs back to life and then proceeds to fight yeah. Rao some more until it just gives out. And you find out that it wasn't him fighting at that point his body had just enough willpower because of the admiration for the, the, the final Nantu general that it just sprang back oh, to man. life and went back into autopilot just to try and stop him the upside oh, of course is they bought enough time for the diversion the downside is that because of the devotion to this Rao pieces together the final identity of the Nanto general so like just yeah. how the fight with Ray is structured I can't help but to think of Juza and I, I really wish he had made it in, but I know there's only yeah. so much you can do. Right, because those Nanto, the Southern Generals, there's like four characters that each kind of get their own like spotlight for a while. And yeah, the fifth general is somebody that we already know. And uh, that isn't touched upon in, at all in here. Not at all whatsoever. It's, it, yeah, it's it's really cool. Just like Toki, like I was saying. So Toki's like one of the other Hokuto Shinken brothers. And um, he's like... He could have been like the best one, but he has uh, radiation poisoning. So um, that kind of seals his fate. And actually him and Rao have like a really, oh man, it's like the coolest fight. It is so good. <laughs> yeah, it's so awesome. I, I could talk about that, but I think that any fan of this, like especially if you're coming into this like and maybe like, oh, I want to know about Fist of North Star, you should just read the manga and watch the show because like you get a lot more out of it this looks way cooler but you lose a lot in the narrative this is more of a companion um, piece if anything it's yeah it's kind of like yeah. yeah i mean if you've already had the appreciation this is like the best of compilation and it's gotcha yeah gotcha. the yeah. best of like remix and it's it's, it's pretty mm -hmm. good in its own right but yeah like there's just some great moments within the comic and great moments within the anime that are just that still top the movie mm -hmm. so now in the film we're getting uh the moment that mike was talking about where ray is going to face against rao and lynn 
is kind of like, no, don't do it. And um, actually, there's a little Easter egg in the crowd in this scene. There's uh, I took a screenshot and I also share this in the notes. But the director actually puts D from Vampire Hunter D in one of the crowds. I oh, remember cool. this. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's in a shot where there's like an older lady like saying like, oh, we saw the flower because one of that that main general that is one under Rao, he's holding the little potted plant that Lin has. And um, they're kind of like, like who who's responsible for this flower? Basically, like kind of crushing the last ounce of hope for humanity. <laughs> and that's what um, Lin's going to run forward and raise like, I'll take care of it. But Ray is fated to die. So this is cool too because um Mike mentioned that Arc System works. There's a fighting game about Hokuto no Ken that um the people that made Guilty Gear made it and it's actually really cool. It's game. a fun like it game, a but incredibly broken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, broken as in it's imbalanced, but yeah. I think it's a lot of fun to play. Absolutely. And yeah, we've had a lot of fun playing it against each other. But um Ray, um the way that he gets like the fatal blow in this fight. That's actually a super move that Raul has in the game that you can do to Ray the same way. <laughs> he like throws the cowl up into the air and then he like kind of pokes him in the like <laughs> chest. <laughs> it's basically what it is, but it's like more dramatic in the film, obviously. Oh my god. <laughs> um yeah, so Ray like takes out that general pretty easily. There's a moment that's really funny with that fight where the dude's has like a kind of a Viking helmet and in the horns of the Viking helmet he has whips that he pulls and extends out, but it's like where were those hiding if you're pulling them from the sides of your, <laughs> your head? <laughs> it's like what just, just, is just this? Don't don't question oh it. God. I mean like dude like that's the guy from the Cassandra arc. So I mean Yeah. Dude is just right. made of whips at that point. That's just his thing. Similar you know? question though. Mm-hmm. Where did he get a horse that big? Um, lots <laughs> oh, and yeah. lots oh, cool. of really awesome break. Oh, no, it's just it, you know the, the horse is radiation, uh, like okay. radiation powers. All right. Oh, there you go. Radiation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's. And I like yeah. that too. Horse. Like Kokuo, like his horse is just as formidable as Rao is in a lot of ways. And one of the big things is Rao never gets off of his horse. Like he's so strong nobody can make make him get off the horse. And if you do isn't it's there a huge like thing. a thing doesn't isn't there a thing where like Kenshiro punches Kokuo like he punches the horse in the face. Something like that, yeah. I remember that. Oh that's what exactly <laughs> that. I just remember like the most significant thing with Kokuo was Juza. Like just basically like stealing him and running away with him and I just Yeah. I died laughing the first time I saw <laughs> yeah but yeah so ray ray is is fated to die and that's where we get this um insert song with kenshiro making his way to the final fight of between him and Raul. in the manga yeah oh yeah ray has a whole different thing in the manga too because there's another character that doesn't even show up here uh her name is mamiya and that they have kind of like this back and forth thing and ray ends up fighting another um nanto uh practitioner named uh yuda and that's really cool too but um he has to get like a power are... up in order to, to beat him and that's where the white hair comes from if i remember correctly yeah and and the injuries that he sustains from that fight are ultimately what kill him and actually it's really sad he dies like in a flaming house like he like stays there to die <laughs> it's messed it's up it's so so <laughs> tragic yeah yeah yeah. bring him back these horrible <laughs> memories god damn it carlos <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're here I, man it was really cool i know but still <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing that i always have with these 
like Dragon Ball or like anything where there's everyone so strong, mm-hmm. like how do you visualize strength in a way that makes it so you feel that power, you feel that strength? Like in Dragon Ball, it's like, okay, you powered up to the next level or you powered up to the next level, but there's no real impact. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it has to turn into this abstraction. And in a way, this fight between Kenshiro and Rao is like abstraction. It's definitely kind of a because- Dragon Ball oh. fight. <laughs> Like with people charging yeah, up all and this... auras around them and everything. And lightning mm-hmm. and buildings collapsing. And to give you an idea, so like it's... up until this point, like this is the North Star didn't really do like laser beams or anything like that. It was very mm-hmm. much like hard fighting. It wasn't I mean it wasn't until like this is the North Star 2 that maybe they even started like dabbling with that. But this is mm-hmm. just like gotcha. sheer ego manifested. And I think, yeah, that's a great way. To that's say I mean, that's it. really because yeah. it's I me. Mean, it's not so much aura at this point than it is just very much like, OK, this is my rage. This is my ego. This is very much all of me coming at you right now at this moment. And it's just the the sheer animosity between them. Like, that's how strong it is by this point, because it's like everything in the movie is built up to this moment. And I think that's it's a hell of a thing to see. And, you know, there really hasn't been anything else like it in the series proper. And, um, I mean, I'm glad they don't like, they don't like really fly or anything, but it's still <laughs> just like, you know, that would, that's where you're like, okay, come on really. <laughs> but no, it's, it's still like this crazy thing that happens and I love it to death. But the only thing that sucks is unfortunately, Yuria is still, yeah, hopped up on a cross and is just flying everywhere. Yeah, that is a cool thing that it's not just the area directly around them that's floating up, but everything around them's floating up in the air and you know, all yeah. the like the rubble from the city is floating up. They have to like try to get away to to, you know, not not get flung up too far. And they do <laughs> kind of fly in the air at this point. Like just, yeah, just, and you just yeah, like, a couple of really, punches, but, but then they the, get back down to, to Earth. Yeah. The movie just kind of like throws that at you and you're just like, oh, God, here we go. But then eventually it's like, OK, then he starts doing the punch blocking and you're like, OK, I'm on board. Forget what I said. Mm-hmm. Just, just <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> I do like the visual representation of the blue and okay. the red energy. Mm. So it kind of helps like that. But it is kind of like Dragon Ball. And like, I don't know. I mean, I think this is the imagery we tie to Dragon Ball. Mm. But like Fist of the North Star, like to me, I, I love the North Star way more than Dragon Ball. Very much and so, yeah. Just yeah, seeing like like Rao and Kenshiro, like how they like throughout the whole movie, you're barely moving to fight. They're so powerful, they don't need to. They just need to wave their hand, something. Just like and no wasted movement. I, yeah, I think it's it's cool seeing them interact here, and I think it's really funny that even when he's like floating in the air, he's still on the horse. <laughs> <laughs> it's like radiation it's more ho- comfortable yeah, radiation horse powers i mean you know he's really comfy he can fly in the air and the horse is that mad yeah. too because he's just been having this big muscular guy on him for mm-hmm. like god knows how long his back must be killing him <laughs> and uh kenshiro actually is able to make a tiny little nick on rao's face and that's the thing that signifies mm-hmm. him being worthy to stand on the ground to fight him so yeah i think that's a really fun thing too it's like so goofy and dumb and everyone's just exploding (laughs) with blood at the end like it's that scene from the adams family (laughs) yeah no it's it's kind of ridiculous that they're just covered in blood yeah it's that the great like kind of geysers going off and i remember while i was scrubbing through the movie i was thinking what's all the reds oh that's blood okay (laughs) 
because <laughs> it almost doesn't look like blood like out of, out of context it's just like this almost like right. a red lights on them there's so much blood you yeah could, you could see it almost being like the shaw brothers blood that we've yeah. mentioned so many times it is almost that color very right? much. slightly pink yeah mm-hmm. and the, you just get them kind of just brawling so like it's this weird place where they're like well they have to fight each other but they also you can you what you find out is the narratives like well, we can't have them kill them. Like, we want to still have them around or something. Or It's really weird. They kind of paint themselves in a corner <laughs> when it comes to the story. I think they kind of just yeah. chicken out to be <laughs> like, like, no. I mean, yeah, I think they, so. Sure, they sure. were just like, I think they should have just stuck to their guns and they should have just had Kenshiro win it. Or yeah, because Rao in the manga has like a really honorable death, actually. Like, like one of the best it's, deaths it's, of the series. Yeah, it's super cool. Well, he I think the up... bigger thing is that they just don't really establish Rao in this film as that significant of a character until kind of towards the mm-hmm. end. And I mean, I'm just speaking as someone that has like no like foreknowledge of the series or these characters at all. Like it was, I've got to say, like pretty confusing. Like the like just where the story went and who the final confrontation was between. Um, oh, very much so. Like I, I was, tr- I was trying to, I was trying to like get myself there emotionally, but I didn't really get why it was, yeah, why it was happening. And it didn't, it wasn't connected with like the more emotional hooks in the story. Um, See, that's why I yeah, think yeah, this was, was like very percent, um that remix mentality. Cause I feel like if you're a fan coming into it, a lot of the gaps make sense. Sure. And I feel like that, maybe that's... I could totally see that. Like, they structured it so that way, like, if you could rely on that in a pinch. Right. And, like... Or that's the audience you're playing to. In exactly. Sure, yeah. you're kind of... You're kind of banking on them already knowing stuff, which is not a valid <laughs> strategy, I don't think. But I think Akira is a victim of this as well, where it's, like, the narrative of the film is, like, wow, like, what's happening? Like, wait, towards the end of the movie, you're like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> and it looks great, but you're at the same time, you're kind of confused. So this kind of falls uh, victim to that as well. I mean, honestly, and, like, um, I'm that kind of guy that kind of likes the movie ending of Akira more so than the manga. I'm sorry, everybody. I know I'm letting everyone down. That's right. <laughs> but, no, it's yeah. fine. It's fine. That's for another we'll, time. We'll yeah. repitch your voice so that it sounds, like, really low and unidentifiable. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll I'm be sorry, protected. everybody. I don't really like the ending very much. <laughs> <laughs> so the end, the end of this fight has them... Well, okay, so there are actually two mm-hmm. endings there are alternate endings to this so um when the movie uh originally aired um what happens is uh, kenshiro and rao have like this knockdown drag out fight and actually kenshiro is like knocked out so he's laying down on the ground and rao is about to finish him off and lin shows up and pleads with him and um Rao actually has kind of an understanding with Lin where he kind of sees like the future. He sees the like the light in her and he basically decides to leave and says, oh, Kenshiro will live on and and you're going to be OK. Like, you know, this he tells that. her to like grow up uh, or something. Yeah. Please yeah. grow up fast. Please grow up. Yeah. Fast. It's it's like weird. can we have like the alternate ending or like where like or like the AU where like, <laughs> you know, she grows up and becomes like the next successor that this is the North Star and, go, and like grows up to fight him. Cause I'll watch that. That'd be awesome. That's, that's what <laughs> yeah, I was kind of. Cool. Oh, and she's like, "Don't take my." Seat. When I first saw. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I first yeah. saw Ray uh, dressed up no. as a dressed up as the woman, I was like, "Oh, that'd be really awesome if there was a female like 
Hokuto Shinkin master or something. <laughs> nope. I feel like the whole like <laughs> physical strength doesn't really matter as much as like the pressure yeah, points totally. thing. So I feel like it would it would totally work, but you know, whatever. Oh, it's yeah, it's like, like a, an assassination. Like a, yeah, like a Wing Chun yeah, it's kind of like an deal. assassination thing. So like it would totally make sense for for like a woman to be able to get that. And mm -hmm. yeah, they never really do that because it's the nineteen eighties and yeah. men with muscles. Men, 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 <laughs> men. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so okay, but the alternate ending of the film is pretty much the same. But what they do is instead of Kenshiro being knocked out, he gets up, and Raul and Kenshiro are gonna have like this one final strike, and they're stopped in the middle of it by Lin. And then the end result of that yeah. is the same thing where uh, Raul ends up leaving. But the thing about that is that the, the print that you find from that is similar to the violent parts. It's from a different print, it looks like. So whenever you see that, the quality of the footage <laughs> drops. Yeah, it's like a total shift. Yeah. And um, the streaming service versions that you see all have the version where Kenshiro's knocked out. Right, right. I have a bootleg DVD that I've had for, like, years. And that actually has, like, that ending the where they're fighting ending. each other. Oh, cool. Yeah, because um, I think it's I'll, based I'll have to off share the... the YouTube clip because it was actually pretty good quality. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. The, the DVD I have is really bad quality but it's you know that's the that world of bootleg dvds right yeah so uh the other thing is that you can and and marty i know you mentioned this before we recorded but you can see that the character designs are slightly different and um my take on that is that hokuto shin uh, hokuto no ken 2 was airing and actually they kind of updated the character designs while that was airing and it's done by uh an artist named junichi hayama who's a dude i love that dude is amazing mm. oh awesome. but um yeah that that shot of them kind of attacking each other it, you can totally tell that these are like junichi hayama style uh character designs oh that's awesome yeah it's kind of interesting because then they do re they do reuse some of the original theatrical footage um mm -hmm. Actually, They'll like most put of like Kenshiro like, in the yeah, corner, they like they like <laughs> add him to the corner of a shot. Yeah, like, he's like in the foreground. Like they like, like remove yeah. him completely from like that last bit where they're confronting each other. Yeah, totally. But the, he's the like, blood puddles there, he's... but it's like yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I that stuff. Like, I mean, and it, it it makes sense. Like the yeah. The, the, yeah. the the tiny things that got you know edited or changed, and you can still see like the the fingerprints of what was originally there. I love stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, yeah, pretty much the the very it. well. Then the the end credit sequences. Oh yeah, um, I don't. I I almost want to say that was maybe my favorite part of the <laughs> of the movie. Oh, that's mm. great. Like, yeah, it's cool. really cool. Just because like cool. it, like I I've got to say it was like I was yeah I was definitely really fascinated with the movie overall, but I don't think I necessarily made any kind of like <laughs> real personal or emotional connection to anything. Yeah, but somehow that that the end credits with him kind of like walking through the forest and he's yeah he's sort of. Yeah, he's sort of seeing Yuria everywhere, but she's just like in his memory of just out of reach. That got me. Yeah, it's Beautiful. really cool. And like I said, that song "Purple Eyes" is is so cool and totally yeah, really fits yeah. like everything. And you need the vocal. It's like it's yeah. It's so good. The it's it's kind of I mm -hmm. when I was watching the dub one, it was kind of weird watching the same scene but without vocals. It just doesn't yeah. quite have the same emotional impact. 
it's yeah, it's a bit more of an optimistic ending too, and I, I kind of appreciate that. It's I did have a hunch that I was like, I don't know if Marty's gonna <laughs> like this as much as <laughs> the other stuff he do. So oh no, I don't want I don't want to say that. It was like it was definitely um, yeah, it was like a shock to the system, which is yeah. You were like shocked. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, uh, so you the joke he made at the end of last episode was way worse. So. Oh yeah, that was. Is really that just bad. precedent now? It's just. <laughs> bad jokes are always oh, yeah. a precedent on this podcast. That's a sol- a solid five percent of this podcast is just bad jokes. So absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Totally. That's that's our checklist. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but no, it's actually got me interested in um like going back and um reading the manga and stuff. So Yeah, I would um, yeah, highly recommend. Well that. good luck finding and a copy is... of it. No. Yeah, it's good it's, luck it's, finding it's, a it legitimate like, at least copy like, of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems like there are a lot of like scans online. I don't know if those are not um uh, official. Or... The... Yeah, I, I can't officially comment on it, but unofficially, you've heard of someone who knows someone who's yeah perused those things. I mean, okay, listen though, like all of these kung fu movies that we saw, like, and why we're here right now, we yeah, no, you know how how to. many of these oh, were bootlegs yeah. that we had to watch, yeah. right? Like VHS copies, yeah, and totally. copies mm-hmm. of copies, like that's that's where we got to a re-edit right of now, the so. Japanese DVD special edition bootleg <laughs> yeah. with. <laughs> my my take is if if there is a way to legally do it go for it if you want to yeah, support yeah, what you sure. like but if you really want to find something and there isn't a venue for you to get to yeah, it um, you know the right anything way, goes just do it you know it's like mm-hmm. yeah people aren't putting in the effort so maybe you know it's on them <laughs> <laughs> really it's their fault it's the children's fault <laughs> it's the children who are wrong <laughs> there is an interesting thing though especially when like talking about that era of the the internet that we're kind of referring to which is like Mm -hmm. when things were really starting to bubble up and we could actually use it as this resource to access art and culture and information from around the world i honestly do think that a lot of people then that were growing up in that kind of subculture did pivot into like pursuing it professionally like oh i mean you have you have to imagine too even like people in professions like graphic design or something like i'm sure there are a lot of people that cut their teeth on like pirated software and then oh that's literally how we all ultimately like (laughs) yeah totally and then one person gets adobe master collection and and, you know they spread it around (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then and then hopefully you turn like when you have you know your situation is uh has evolved or something like you can kind of turn that into You know, using no, the, it I mean, the way I learned how but, to use yeah, digital audio workstations was through a pirated copy of uh, Reaper, not Reaper, a uh, pirated copy of uh, Reason that my brother gave me. Oh, sure, like, sure. Oh, my God, I learned, oh Reason, I miss you, Reason. Yeah, I learned everything I need to nice. know about audio mm-hmm. editing from a bootleg or a yeah, cracked copy of Cool Edit Pro. Oh, yeah. Now. yeah. Oh, <laughs> nice. So. Cool. All right, we're on the bootleg section of the podcast. Yeah, this would just be one long beep protector, <laughs> FBI file. Oh, God, just dub over it. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, I did my best. Um, oh, yeah, go yeah. on. But, but like I said, so you can watch it on Amazon Prime. It's a dub version only. You can see uh, both versions on Crunchyroll. And I believe Crunchyroll also has the TV it series. Should. I know this sure still happens. Yeah, oh, the awesome. TV series used to be on Hulu, but it isn't anymore. And actually, I think Crunchyroll is the only place to see mm. it now, which is too bad. 
But, um, <laughs> wow! I mean, wow! I mean, you know, I don't, you know what I mean. Okay, it's just like, like it it's not be a thing that people will just have already yeah. unless they're well, already way. into anime. Yeah. Either way, yeah. Uh, it's available to those venues. Otherwise, um, William Winkler Productions released a series of English dubbed compilation films um, that comprising the entire or the all the major arcs of the series. So there's one about all, everything with Shin. There's everything with Souther. Um, those are available. Mm. I don't know how regularly available, but you can probably find them on YouTube. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, you can well, find this movie on YouTube. Yep. That's for sure. Probably. And like I said, uh, Discotech did a great job in releasing all of this stuff as oh, well. Yeah. So if Ooh. you want to pay money for it, it's available to you. <laughs> you pay money for it. <laughs> Right, that's so diplomatic. Give me some credit. No, that's great. I'm man. sorry, that's great. The, 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 it's like I mean, I guess if you want to give some money, no, uh, but no, whatever you go, uh, whatever way you do watch it, um, yeah, no, you're in for a good time, and uh, oh boy, um, you're probably gonna cry manly tears at least once or twice, and just understand there are six recap episodes. You can skip them, and life will go on. Including the final episode of the goddamn series. <laughs> so you can miss that. It's okay. Oh, wow. The final episode is a recap? The final episode of the first Fist of the North Star series is a recap. And you can, you can skip it. Wow. Life goes on. <laughs> Weird. Well, that's why I, I heard that's what Avengers Endgame is, right? <laughs> don't, Marty. Don't you no. do No. No. This, don't, this episode's don't. already long. Let's not get into Marvel. Coming. No. <laughs> Sorry. I have to hold if out 48 you, my, hours. My flesh is pushing out of my skeleton. <laughs> well, thank you what so much for listening. No, no, stop. <laughs> we got to finish this. It's almost two hours. Yeah. Um, okay. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Uh, if you like the show, then please leave us a review on your podcast or choice, wherever you're listening to this on. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Heroes, the number three podcast on all three of them. And before we get anything else, Mike, is there anything you want to plug? Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so Risk System, uh, which is the uh, awesome, cool shoot 'em up game. Um, I'm the voice of the first boss. It is currently on, well, as of this recording, it has uh, just been announced for the release date of May 14th. Um, it'll be actually awesome. Yeah, so you can go check that out. You can download a demo at risksystem.itch.io. Uh, it'll be only for PC. Otherwise, it's listed on Steam. Yeah, it's listed yeah, on Steam right can, now. You can wish list it. Um, go do that I now. Did that earlier today. Yep. Happy nice. times. Um, other than that, um, you can find me over on Twitter at mock underscore dent, making all manner of karate bugmen uh, ramblings. <laughs> and you can also find me on the uh, podcast, uh, the uh, Cockpit Co-Pilot, uh, where we talk about Metal Hero shows and the like. We just finished recording about Space Hero Sharavan. I believe that is already out. And we're getting ready to talk about Strider next. Very cool. Hey, Mike, you should uh, you should plug your Twitch too. Oh right? yeah, that's right. <laughs> that wasn't planned, <laughs> I swear. Uh, yeah, uh, Twitch.tv/mockdent. Um, I stream Super Robot Wars T voiced playthroughs, where I attempt to do voices for about a hundred plus characters in a massive uh, crossover roster. Uh, all your f- if you yeah if, if you're into that stuff it's a fun it, time you should even if you're out. not into that oh, stuff nice. just show up it, it, oh yeah, yeah right of course I mean absolutely <laughs> thanks a lot Carlos now uh, yeah go check that out Mondays and Fridays at uh, 5 p.m. CST 3 p.m. Pacific uh, and I think Very that cool. should be all that sounds good to me and so next week we're gonna get back into our normal martial arts Hong Kong action cinema fair. 
So, Carlos, what is our training for next week? So, um, we're going to dive into some more Shaw Brothers stuff. Because I think it's kind of one of the corners that we don't pay attention to mm-hmm. the most. And there's still a ton of fun stuff oh, yeah. uh, left to look at. So, um, I think we're going to start with a classic it's called the five deadly venoms or the five venoms. nicely done and yeah. um we're gonna uh look into some of the films of the venom mob mm-hmm. so um we mentioned in the itman films loming and i think i mentioned in itman 3 mike tyson himself said that one of his favorite kung fu movies was crippled avengers yeah. so um i think it's time for us to take a look at these guys and nice. i hope you join us all right sounds good well, until next week, we're taking a look at The Five Deadly Venoms. I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And I'm Mike. And we are the Heroes 3, plus Mike. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network. 